0: by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online too at Country tireonline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 and 2023 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik.
1: It is Wednesday the 30th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me is Marsha Kavala. Good morning, Marsha.
2: Good morning, Jordan. How are you doing? I'm doing
1: all right. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm glad I got through the news prep today. It yeah, was there's a, a lot. Busy, busy day. And uh, yeah, you can read articles at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com, WVMetronews.com. We're going to have a lot of content. On today's show, Superintendent Ron Stevens of Berkeley County Schools will join us a little later to give us an update about uh, what happened with that uh the the threat that mm-hmm. affected three different schools in that cluster around North Middle School.
1: Tomato talk coming up.
2: Oh my gosh, yes, we're gonna we're gonna hear the tomato uh, winners from Tomato Fest. But joining us, this is another fun event that happened in, in the Panhandle uh, from the Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport. The director Nick Deal to talk about the West Virginia's greatest air show, which is now in the books. Welcome in.
3: Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, good morning. Have
2: you good morning. recovered?
3: Not quite, but I'll get there.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what—you all put on, and the the guys and gals that were up in the sky put on one heck of a show in the skies over Martinsburg over the weekend. So, uh, I mean, talk to us about it a little bit. How was it the, over the weekend? I mean, it was cool to see those planes flying in uh, late in the week, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, and whatnot. So, had been pretty cool for y'all, even though I'm sure it was a lot of hard work.
3: Uh, it was it was great to have another air show at the, at the airport. Uh, this is the. First one on the civilian side since 2008 it's the first one um at the airport since 2012 uh so it was it was nice to to see the aircraft there we had some great static display aircraft we had some uh some really cool flying acts and so it was it was fun just to just to be there and to see the all the people from the quad state area come in and uh see smiles on that's that's my favorite point while people are watching airplanes i'm you know watching the crowd seeing what their reaction is and, and i love it when i'm seeing smiling faces and, and kids are in awe of what an aircraft can do there were and, so um, many
2: kids there and uh it yeah. was great to see as you mentioned the static displays some of the our our military guys and gals brought in their best uh you know the the marines down from north carolina and the uh uh, the uh, Navy guys brought their helicopter from from Norfolk, and the great thing was that all of us kids of all ages kind of got to crawl around and see some of those and talk to the uh, the uh, the folks who fly them. How, what is involved in bringing that kind of military power and and the other static displays?
3: The so to bring some of those military aircraft in, whether they were flying or on static, um, is is quite a quite a process. You have to fill out several request forms um <clears throat> ideally you uh find some a point of contact at whatever base that uh, that is and in the meantime you um you, you try to uh um get you know you, you try to bring in aircraft that are going to be unique while at the same time having enough there that people can can really get a taste of the, of the various kinds, but frankly, we could not have done any of that without the help of Senator Manchin. He he uh, made some phone calls and got some of these aircraft in here, and so we are very grateful to his team um, to uh, to to help out with that process. We have um, Senator Senator Capito. Um, is very supportive of the airport as well in other ways. Uh, Senator Manchin's office just happened to have a contacts for these folks, um, and uh, we uh, we had the support of the uh, of the governor of West Virginia. We had the support of the Berkeley County Commission, with the state police, with the 167th Airlift Wing, um, the, uh, the the dep- the, um, the sheriff's department, um, the report center. Uh, sent some folks out to help us and, and it, it's been it's been a true community effort to be able to get this done department of highways i could go on for days in all the all the groups that, that helped with this uh, with this entire process so it was it was really nice to see the community come together for this
1: and also with the people there on the ground with you your volunteers i feel like i was the only person in the county that wasn't volunteering for the earth show over the <laughs> next, weekend next
2: time yeah they
1: looked like they were doing a lot of help for you too
3: yeah, we had a lot of volunteers out there. We uh you know, and as I as I said last week, as we, you know, we were uh making the rounds, literally begging people to come out and volunteer on Saturday and Sunday because we were short. We were even as many volunteers as we had, we were still short by about seventy five volunteers wow. a day. Wow. And um that's that is the struggle with an event like this, is it's so heavily dependent on a whole lot of people coming together to provide that kind of support that you need and um it's and while we had a lot of great folks come out matter of fact we had people that paid for tickets got there Saw some of our volunteers running around and said, "Hey, looks like you guys could use some help." Wow! They they put on a staff shirt and they walked to a little bit of the show, but they worked. For and one of them uh, worked the day that she bought tickets, and, and then she showed up the next day and worked again. Wow. <laughs> so, well, you know, I was
2: um, you had the the gentleman or the team that uh, that flew the uh, the panchito uh, they were static display so they were letting people look at their their plane on the ground and then they did a part of the air show i i heard the the gentleman talking to one of the state police troopers that was there and said i've never seen this many law enforcement out in force helping out with an event like this this is a lot of community yeah. involvement
3: it really it really is it was um it, it was really touching to see how much support we got in that regard
2: how many people yeah. came through the door
3: Uh, on Saturday, we think there was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 17,000. On, uh, Sunday, interestingly, on Sunday, we sold about the same number of tickets, but there just weren't that many people, as as many people there on Sunday as there were Saturday. Um, you know, I I was talking to, uh, one of the folks involved and he said, well, he said, you know, at least you, at least you, uh, you know, generated enough money to take care of things. And uh, he said, so I said, I wouldn't worry about the attendance. And I said, you know, I said, we do this, obviously, not to lose money, but the bigger reason we do this is is to try to just get somebody else excited about the field of aviation and get one more person to say, hey, I'd really like to be a pilot, or hey, I'd really like to work on these really awesome aircraft, and and just introduce the field of aviation to as many people as we can. And uh, as, I was, uh, as I was leaving on Sunday evening, I ran into one of the state troopers who said, he said i don't know what was going on but he said there were probably they were probably over 500 cars in your various parking lots just sitting there watching the show
2: <laughs> well it wasn't about and- ba- you know when we were walking in you could see a lot from the air- from the parking lot
3: yeah, and that's what that's what he said. And he said, oh, he said, I'll that infuriate you. I said, actually, I said, you just made my day. Well,
1: speaking of the turnout, let me ask you this. I mean, people are going to be wanting to see this year in and year out. So what is it looking like for uh, the next couple of years? Should we expect this to be a yearly thing, bi-yearly, every couple of years? What are you, what are you all thinking over there at the airport?
3: Well, I will speak just personally if I have my way. Um, you will definitely not see this again next year, (laughs) Right? maybe the year after (laughs) I I need a break. Right. Right.
1: (laughs) Say that's a pretty, uh, pretty intensive (laughs) event that you put on. Yeah, it, it,
3: it is extremely labor intensive and it takes a great deal of time. Um, I, I enjoy doing these things, but I also have another job to do. and, And we've got some, you know, we've got to make sure that everything at the airport is running smoothly. We got a great, a fantastic staff, but I, uh, um, you know, need to be focused on the airport for a while now.
2: So, uh, you know, one of the things that we enjoyed a lot, my husband and I went, and, and it was just so much fun. We, we, you know, tooling around, looking at all the aircraft, but also walking into the C-17. My husband yes. bought a 167th T-shirt inside a C-17, Whoa. which was, like, really cool. <laughs> but um, the fact that all of these great military guys and gals were out there and also the Marshall University Bill No Flight School was there yep. uh, that's got to that's got to in- generate a lot of excitement for the field of aviation
3: I think that it does and we also had our flight school there Bravo Flight Training right and we were excited to have their involvement and they got a lot of uh they, they got a lot of visitors at their booth as well but yeah I think it that it definitely does um we uh You know, any opportunity somebody gets to to understand that they too can can be a pilot or or they can be a you know an aviation uh, mechanic, I think is 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 time well spent. We're trying to to uh, really bring in all the people we know we're going to need in the future for this. They're both most aviation jobs are are in demand occupations at this point, so we know we're going to need as much. As many many workers as we can get in those jobs.
1: And we're speaking with West Virginia, Eastern West Virginia Airport Director Nick Deal, uh, talking about the West Virginia's greatest air show over the weekend and a couple of the other things surrounding the airport. And unfortunately, we have to be getting to our first break. But uh, thanks again for joining us and congratulations on a great air show over the weekend.
3: Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely.
1: Thanks, ma'am. Bye-bye. That's Nick Deal from the Eastern West Virginia Airport. Pretty cool, Marsha. And I I agree with them. I. I mean, would it be cool <laughs> to see that every year? Absolutely, but that's a lot, a lot yeah. of work, a lot of logistics, and uh, yeah, you're you're gonna need a little bit of a break after. And
2: that, people I would think. take it for granted and go, "Oh yeah, that's oh, just the air, air show again. Oh, yeah. I'll just catch it another year, right. right, right." But if you know that it's only happening every two or three years, then it, you know, then it becomes a save the date. Absolutely, right.
1: Absolutely. So thanks again to Nick uh, for joining us on Panhandle Live. If you missed any of our conversation, recapping the air show from over the weekend, you can listen back uh, to this episode and every other Panhandle Live over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But uh, like we were talking about, that wasn't the only fun event (laughs) happening uh, around the Panhandle in the last couple of weeks because Tomato Fest was a couple of weeks ago, and we'll be finally finding out the winners of the tomato testing tasting from the 2023 Tomato Fest. And
2: I understand we might get to taste some tomatoes, mm-hmm. so clear your palate.
1: Nothing like a hopefully a tomato sandwich for breakfast.
2: Mm, I can't wait.
1: But you can always get in touch with us. You can text us 304-263-4321 and we'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle
0: News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live,
1: driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. You can always get in touch with us. You can text us 304 263 4321. You can always send us a message over on our Facebook page. Just search. Panhandle Live on there as well. But, Marsha, we got a lot of stuff happening in the studio right
2: now. We do. And um, I'm so excited that we have we, we had Tomato Fest. And, and I, I understand the crowds were amazing. I know when I got there, it was really crowded. And loved the fact that there were so many kids. But joining us for a recap and also tasting are our Berkeley and Jefferson County Master Gardeners, uh, Paul Kelly and Susan Belmont. Welcome in to both of you. Well, thank you. Nice to be here. Absolutely. all right so paul we'll let you kind of uh take it since i i know uh, susan's been busy slicing um what was it like for you, the tomato I'll tell you fest? What,
4: it, it was a wonderful event uh, our emphasis with the master gardener association with tomato fest is to make it a community event and that way we we involve the community it's, it's a way that we give back to the community and, and offer them an opportunity to see some of the tomatoes that master gardeners have raised, an opportunity to taste some of the tomatoes that master gardeners have uh, raised and produced, and, and also um, acquaint them with some of the other things that we do as far as master gardeners, uh, we also have uh, individuals who show up from Potomac Valley Audubon Society, uh, the Conservation District, uh, the Chestnut Association, uh, the Pawpaw people w- were there with an exhibit. And probably the most popular of all were our plant doctors. Mm-hmm. And oh, that, was, yeah. that was Eldon and Virginia Winston. And um, with their years of experience, they offer uh, excellent advice to anyone who has uh, problems with their uh, gardens, uh, tomatoes, vegetables, trees, uh, shrubs natives or anything else
1: well well let me ask you this because I feel like people's tomato plants this year have gone crazy people are I, people are coming out of the woodwork offering me tomatoes out of their gardens. so what's what's been going on with the tomatoes this year
4: well I, th- I think with the tomatoes this year it was a very cool and wet spring uh, uh, some of the temperatures we still had a night in May were actually in the 40s and uh, possibly the uh, uh, higher 30s, 30s which you know inhibited a, a lot of growth in setting those tomatoes out mm-hmm. but if you bought tomatoes from us at the plant sale that we had in May you, you probably would have had a lot of success with that and then we went okay. into some real unusual weather that was dry and uh uh, very very warm and now tomatoes don't like that excessive heat Mm. they like something you know in the at 55 degrees at night, you know, perfectly that uh, perfect Mediterranean climate. Maybe and I'm and a weather. tomato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, if, if you kept your tomatoes watered and and, and and you controlled your diseases, you would have spectacular tomatoes. I know in our garden, there's just beaucoup of tomatoes out there now. <laughs> it's so. lovely.
5: The tomatoes wanted and needed a lot of water, mm-hmm. so I watered them every single day. Disagree with my husband. I watered mine, he didn't water his. Mine look a little bit better, I (laughs) think, because of the hot, humid. Weather, weather—they really need a lot of water, yes. water, and that's why I've got
2: so many fruit growing. Okay, so before we get into the tasting, I, you know, I noticed there were a lot of kids there. The, the previous year, I'd been—I don't think I saw as many. Uh, talk about numbers—was it more than you expected? Well, I—I I ran the children's tent last year, and we had
5: sporadic numbers of kids coming with families. Well, this year it was just a constant of children coming to the children's room. There was a line for the face painting. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people with babies, mm-hmm. dogs. Mm-hmm. It was just much more of a family event, I felt. Yes. And, and that,
4: that's what we try to do, just to make it inclusive to the community. Bring your kids on out. I mean, we have activities for the kids as as well as for the adults.
5: The so turnout, good? Oh, the turnout. Well, we ended up with about 360 people. Mm-hmm. Um and something you know, maybe some more depending mm-hmm. on children and babies. And so it was a really good turnout. Nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I know we had folks contacting us on the show because we knew we knew pe- they knew we knew people mm-hmm. about the tomato contest, the tasting. Um, so have you guys come up with with the winners? We have come up with the win-
5: winners. Oh, yes. let's hear
1: them.
2: And I will, I will do the
5: first two, and then, Paul, you'll do the next two, and I'll give you the paper. Sure. So um, we had four categories. We had the red slicer, the slicer, then we had cherries or plum size, and then we had the paste tomato. So the red slicer, best in category, was the chocolate Cherokee. Ooh, chocolate chocolate Cherokee? Cherokee, yes, and we don't have one here. I was because, say. Were right. they making the sandwiches? I know they had a Cherokee. They were purple, purple, purple. Cherokee, okay. Cherokee, right? Yes. The mm-hmm. chocolate Cherokee. Mary Palmer uh, grew that. She ran out of them. Um, she said that this is a large mahogany tinted red slicing tomato. The tomato plant starts producing mid-season and is vigorous and sprawling. And it's heirloom instant heirloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. nice.
1: Well, congratulations. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was that. perfect.
5: Then we had the slicer. So it's not necessarily red, but it just so happens it is called a red zebra. And yeah. so this is the one
2: that mm-hmm. I'm going to have you taste Ooh. right now. Okay, is this, this a is your little red quarter? Right here.
1: All right. She's so saw these. Handing us look, the they're red straight, zebra,
2: as you might imagine.
1: Mm. This, you, you
2: go
1: first. one. Mm. Yeah, that is a good one. <laughs>
2: good I would have I would have this on a sandwich definitely. Mm. Yeah,
1: very um, is, is tangy something that you could say? Yeah. Or, oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. look at you.
5: Yes. Throwing out the cold. Hey, we're water terms. judges. Yeah. You, right. you judge. know right. your tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And um, the red zebra was grown by Mich- uh, Michelle Mitchell-Brown, who is also a master gardener. Oh, so along yummy. With Mary Palmer. That was yep. good. Mm. Okay. And then we've got the cherry or the plum size. Well,
1: congratulations to the yes. first two winners. Yay. Yay.
4: Okay, the cherry, the plum size, best in category, was something called Amazing Grace. Now, the Amazing Grace is a grape to plum size cherry type of tomato, and it's also an indeterminate, which means that it will produce until the first frost. The tomatoes grow in clusters of six to eight on large vines and are lavender and dark. Purple color.
2: Okay, so this is a normal color then for this yes, particular. Yes. Okay, no, I was like, going tell you. I yes. thought Susan was handing us a green tomato. No. So
4: that's what no. I thought this was. Yes, uh, they turned all. green.
1: She's <laughs> ever eaten tomatoes <laughs> for this. All
2: right, you ready? No. Say, I one. don't know.
1: It looks like a pickle, and it's going to mess with. Well, it, okay, it does. again, what, what <laughs> are pickle? we
2: eating? What are we eating again? What is this called? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Grace. Okay, you ready? One, two,
4: Ugh, I don't three. Know. This one scares me.
5: No. I love that, and I'll give you each one of your
2: own to take. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's a little sweet, and it's, mm-hmm. um, very, sweet. it's very juicy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness.
4: Yeah, they're great for freezing whole, using fresh cells, and make uh, a, a great chow chow and bruschetta. And
5: that's yours. Yeah, Amazing grace. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my yeah. gosh. Wow.
4: That yeah. is, <laughs> there's
1: a lot of flavor
5: in that that's one. That's like a perfect tomato. I too. love yeah. the amazing yes. grace. Wow.
2: Congratulations.
5: So then we had one more category, that's the so paste good. tomato, and this is for making your tomato paste, for mm-hmm. making... Getty sauce. sauces, okay. everything. Okay. Um the uh it was the one the winner is called the Speckled Roma, and that's what you've got left there. And, okay. and then, that's that one in front of you. Um
4: mm-hmm. that's this huge one. one. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
5: And this was grown by our own Paul Elliott. Hey. Oh hey. wow. And hey. hey.
4: hey. 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 just remember, folks, this was not a fix. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you got good tomatoes. You got good tomatoes. Hey, you got to get a plug in. A speckled Roma was developed by uh, a fellow named John Swenson in um, 1999. And what he did is he took two of the heirloom tomatoes in his garden and he uh, uh, hybrided them. And, um, well, no, he didn't hybrid them, but um, he came up with a new tomato. And the tomatoes that he used was something called an antique Roman and, listen to this one, Banana legs, there's some, <laughs> <coming. laughs> and he and and he crossed those, and he developed this tomato. This tomato is not only a great sauce tomato because it, of the meatiness and the few seeds and and a great solid heart to it, but it can also be used in salads and eaten fresh because of the uh, striped color. It kind of makes a really uh, attractive type mm-hmm. of. Uh, right. You
2: uh, already had yours. I'm gonna have mine now. You had yours, okay, Marcia. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. That was mm-hmm. I can see where that can make a well, good it's, red it's sauce. Well, oh yeah.
4: yeah. it's, it's a very and unusual. Oh my It's a very unusual. Tomato because it's not that circular tomato or, you know, a, a short olive. Ob- well, and that's
1: or, what I noticed.
5: What was this one called again? Amazing Grace. The Amazing
1: Grace. I mean, it looks like a, An a, olive. I think a nut. But it does. Know, it's a it's yeah. very oddly oh, odd. These wow. are so good. Yes. Well, I, I we totally. do have to be getting to our uh, final or our bottom of the hour break here in just a few minutes. Uh, so I want you guys to have a little bit of time to, again, go through those winners because congratulations to all those winners, one of them, uh, one of which being Sitting the studio yeah, winner. So congratulations. Uh, but then give people uh, another quick rundown about the Tomato Fest, kind of how things wrapped up and uh, how they can get in touch and
4: find out more.
5: OK, well, if you, if, uh, yeah, yeah. well, that wasn't too big.
1: Of a <laughs> no, ask. no,
4: no, it wasn't. Well, just like just like our plant sale with our Berkeley Justin Extension Master Gardener Association, we hope to make it bigger and better every year and get more community in, uh, individuals involved. involved in this sort of thing and let people know that we are out there. And if there's anything that they need as far as gardening or anything else, you know, they can come to us or go through our, our extension service to find out more about it next year, I believe we're looking for a bigger venue, mm-hmm. uh, more opportunity. yeah, uh, yeah, more opportunities to get uh, individuals to attend our uh, event.
5: Very cool. And then those mm-hmm. winners, one more time. Uh, the the winner the tomato names yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. we had the um, chocolate cherokee for the slice uh, red slicer, red zebler red zebra for the slicer, Amazing grace for the plum size or cherry. And the speckled Roma for the paste tomato.
1: Very cool. Well, so I know neat. we were super excited uh, about the Tomato Fest 2023 Tomato Fest. We got our shirts. I don't think Marsha took her shirt off for like three, oh. three days. <laughs> I, I was wearing it. <laughs> I know. I'm to not support. making fun. I'm not making fun of you because I wore it for three days too. Just nobody saw it. But uh, it's such a cool event. I mean, people have been Always. talking about us. My friends have been hitting me up about it. I know people have been texting me asking for a tomato talk. Um, segment oh, on the tomato show. talk. Are, yeah, tomato, <laughs> tomato talk <laughs> Tuesday or something. But thanks, y'all, for stopping in. Uh, very cool event. And uh, thanks for the tomatoes. My goodness, Absolutely. that's awesome. You're welcome. Cool. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Hey. And if you missed any of our tomato talk this morning, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle
0: News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four-state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik.
1: Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire Tyron Auto. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed any of our tomato talk about the 2023 Tomato Fest, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. And all y'all tomato fans out there should be very jealous at the uh, taste testing oh my goodness. we just had here in the studio. And they...
2: They left us some gourmet heirloom tomatoes, so that's really cool. My husband's been making these amazing tomato salads all yeah. summer, so uh, this is just wonderful. Well, speaking of summer, as, as the summer draws to a close, something remarkable and a little uh, frustrating is going to be happening over in Charlestown and Jefferson County in September, and that is a three-month-long Detour oh. on Route uh, 340. And uh, so, talk about making lemons into lemonade. The good folks in Charleston, at Charlestown Now, have come up with a great uh, kind of promotion regarding that. So, to uh, break that all down with uh, with us is Liz Cook. Welcome in. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for staying. I don't staying... know how I can follow the tomato talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we
1: can either. Right. Yeah.
2: I know. <laughs> So um, talk about, you know, this is this is a very creative idea. I'll let you lay it out for the listeners. Sure. So um,
6: we decided, you know, we really have to, as you said, make lemonade out of lemons. And so, you know, embrace your third place. So third place for um, some that may not know is basically the place where you spend your time um, outside of your home and your work. It's the place that you don't have to be. It's the place that you enjoy being. It's where you connect. It's where you uh, form relationships. It's uh, where you plan. It's it's just the place where you feel at home, not at home.
1: And you know what? And oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what a great idea, because, I mean, like you were, I'm sure, getting ready to expand on before I rudely interrupted you. But, uh, you know, people are tired of working from home, I think, to a certain extent. So we've done it for so many years now. uh, And people don't also really want to go back to the office and maybe have to deal with certain people at the office. Especially with that detour. Exactly. Especially with the detour. So having somewhere, like you were saying, to go thats kind of an in-between spot is a great idea.
6: Yes, yes. And so we we definitely want to show that Charlestown can be your third place. And so we are putting out this initiative that is embrace your third place. And this goes way beyond the road closure. This is something that I've really wanted to implement for about four years when I learned about this concept. Um, and it just didn't make sense during COVID because you couldn't connect during COVID. But now that We can connect and we can come together again. I felt like this is the best time to, you know, start really bringing people out and coming downtown and, you know, connecting with the businesses, connecting with each other. Um, And since people might be here more than they were before, um, if they're working from home or they're not wanting to go east, you know, for the long drive to go wherever they may want to go for entertainment purposes, um, they can reconnect with their city. And I think that's really important.
2: So I know when I looked at at the the rollout for this, you you mentioned some uh, specific locations. And do many of those have a spot where someone could just throw up a a laptop and get a little work done and enjoy, you know, some local food?
6: Absolutely. Um, Some do. So we're kind of compiling a list and our businesses are kind of working out how they want to offer space to people. Um, but Corner Connection is a great, uh, space where it's actually a co-working space. So she's got plenty of space where people are able to do this. And of course, they can walk down, uh, the street to Ortega's or, uh, Sumitra to get lunch. Um, it, everything is, you know, really within walking distance. Um, Ortega's wa- offers Wi-Fi. Abolitionist offers Wi-Fi. Um, so we have a lot of, uh, businesses that are offering the ability to, uh, come in with their laptop, work a little bit, have some lunch and, uh, you know
2: it's perfect be
6: able to be in a space where
2: they're not home yeah well you're not home trying to do your office work and then also looking at laundry right and having your dog like expect you to do a three-mile walk every day i've never
1: never really embraced the working from home granted in our job it's kind of tough to do that. but uh, i there's too many distractions for me right i'd have my work that i'd have to do but then like you said there's laundry i could go outside and take the dog out i could Mm -hmm. do whatever right there's too many distractions but do i really want to if i had that option do i really want to go into the office probably not so having a place Mm -hmm. like this with all these different options around in a quaint little small town downtown like uh charlestown is great
6: yeah we're really excited about it and our businesses really want to kind of you know work through this with everyone and be there we've got businesses that are staying open later than normal to try to meet the needs of the people that still have to commute uh bushel and peck is staying open a little extra fuzzy dog um begging jewelers so we've got businesses that are um, thinking, okay, well, we need to be open a little longer so people can get back here and, you know, relax after their long day and, and connect with their friends.
2: Oh, so. You definitely need to relax after you've done, a, what is it, a six-mile detour? <laughs> oh. Yes. With, yes. you know, packed in be... with with uh, a thousand or so of your closest commuter friends. Uh, yeah. um, so, yes. so what's been the response so far? I mean, I noticed it. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. But um, the people who actually are commuting, are you hearing from them? So, I, a little bit. I mean, I've, that's kind of one of the the things
6: that we were thinking about. Is we're we're hearing from people that are going to be working from home, but then we're hearing from people that you know are taking that that long trip. And we definitely heard um, yesterday. I heard from two or three people that said that they were really thankful that the businesses were kind of looking into this and, and offering to maybe stay open a little later. And um, You know, and I think, and I have heard a little bit of just, okay, wow, let me rediscover this downtown. I I didn't realize these businesses were here. I didn't realize these stories existed. So I think people are really paying attention because they need to because of what's happening. So they're really paying attention to what's going on downtown and maybe rediscovering, you know, what their community offers.
1: And we're speaking with Charlestown's Now's Liz Cook, talking about Embrace Your Third Place. And unfortunately, we have to be getting to our final break here in just a few minutes, but I want to give you some time to uh, let people know how where they can go to get in touch, find out some information, and uh, maybe get a hold of you if necessary.
6: Great. Yes. So um, Charlestown Now on social me- all social media channels, you can follow our campaign. Also, the city of Charlestown is uh, kind of doing this campaign along with Charlestown Now. So, Uh, Any social page that is City of Charlestown or Charlestown Now, you'll be able to find us. Um, And if there are any stories or questions that people want to share, you can email me at ecook at charlestownwv.us.
1: Perfect. Well, Liz, thank you for joining us and talking about what I think is a a really cool and, like it says, an innovative idea to get people uh, around, a workaround with this detour and get people back into downtown Charlestown. So, Liz, thank you for joining us this morning.
2: Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah, what
1: a cool idea. It really Uh is.
2: Yeah. There are some really great restaurants in Charlestown too. I think we
1: can find somewhere to put a uh, studio in down there, and then we can have hybrids. Hybrid. You know,
2: if you can, if you can broadcast on Thursday nights. That's true for the coaches' show.
1: <laughs> we can do it anywhere. Yeah. Oh, uh, just like how we're going to be doing it from the from War Memorial Park on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the uh, Labor Day breakfast, which is always a big one, and. uh yeah, we'll be talking with Buzz, hopefully here a little bit later on in the week uh, to get uh, all the pertinent information on the uh, War Memorial Breakfast. But what a fun what a fun event that always
2: Absolutely. is. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so stick around. We'll uh, go to our final break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Berkeley County Superintendent of Schools Ron Stevens about the start of school and uh, a couple of different news items that came out yesterday uh, involving North Middle Schools. So we'll get to that after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News
0: Network. From Paw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik.
1: Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm broadcasting live from the Hobby Kirchhoff Building. I'm Jordan Winter. Alongside me is Marsh Kvallik. missed any of the show so far. You can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But, well, Marsh's school is here. Well, everywhere, really. I think in the listening area, school is back. Mm-hmm. But especially here in the Panhandle of West Virginia. And joining us on the line, Berkeley County School Superintendent Ron Stevens. Sir, good morning.
7: Good morning, Jordan, Marcia. How are y'all doing
1: today? We're good. good.
2: You you guys had an eventful day yesterday. That whole cluster of schools around North Middle School with uh, Opekin Elementary uh, and uh, the intermediate Eagle School Intermediate School there. Uh, we're on code orange for a period of time. Can you tell our listeners about it?
7: Um, sure. Um First of all, just uh, just wanted to say thank you to everybody that responded and, and uh you know our first responders did an excellent job. Yesterday morning, uh about eleven thirty there was a, a report made to the school principal from one of the students um that they were that there was an um a threat made against the individual student uh via Snapchat. And um so the principal is working with the student, work with the student's parents, trying to resolve that, notifying um, the authorities about the online threat, and and of course throughout the day things changed with those Snapchat. You know they were posting things uh, um, back and forth, and the um, the student and the parents were were able to work with the administration at the school and get things taken care of. When it was reported to law enforcement, we had uh, a variety of, of law enforcement agencies that responded. Uh, Chief Gibbons and the Martinsburg City Police did a wonderful job at, at getting to the school, but we also had uh, were working cooperatively with the state police and and the FBI through the, the task force um, that uh, serves the Eastern Panhandle. And uh, the task force was was busy uh, tracking down the online, Threat. The uh, the city police were working to try to um, see if our students could identify a picture that was that was found online. They were working well together uh, from the beginning of this. It took two hours for us to identify the uh, the suspect um, who actually ended up being in Michigan. Hmm. Um, so there was um, a, a snap a Snapchat threat from uh, From Michigan on mm-hmm. a student in Berkeley county, and um, you know no no ties to Berkeley County whatsoever. this student had had done these things before in Michigan. Uh, I was a ten year old male student in Michigan
2: so he didn't um, he didn't know the student that was the target of the threat.
7: No, no, and as we found out later in the evening, he had actually done this multiple times, and through our efforts, being able to track him up <clears throat> or track him down, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, with our law enforcement working with the FBI and working with authorities in Michigan, they were able to, to uh, locate this, this young man who had actually made these threats to other people, uh, and he is being um, prosecuted in, um, in Michigan for that.
2: What was the nature of the threat? Can you share anything about the, the online threat?
7: Well, really, all of that's been turned over for, for law enforcement for them to investigate. But it, it did involve a threat on the student's life. Um, and you know, I really want to say, give a shout out to our students and, and staff who remained calm throughout the day, even though you know there was there was some nervousness um, because, as you can imagine, even though all of that stuff that I mentioned to you took took place in two hours. Um, and and the changes that were going on and the things that they were finding out, we we just couldn't keep everybody up to date with everything up to the second on that. But um, it, you know the, the the coordination that that took over two hours was phenomenal to be a part of. And you know the parents that that were there, I, I give them credit for for even though they were anxious, be being patient and um, you know allowing law enforcement to do their thing and yeah I give our our staff credit for keeping students safe you know the the thing that we need to to remember here is that um school school safety is is always paramount for us, and our police are going to respond no matter what we have a great working relationship with 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 various agencies and you know it's extremely important that parents take this as a learning opportunity to talk to their kids and and know who their kids are talking to who their who their circles of uh, friends are and what they're doing online you know what what social media uh, avenues they're they're pursuing and and who they're talking to
1: again we're speaking with berkeley county superintendent of schools ron stevens now with all that said we're a week and a half into school how have things been going
7: well i will tell you it has been a a very good start you know we're we're like uh, school districts across across the country. We're battling um, uh, st- staffing shortages with our substitutes, and that's in the classrooms, and the you know in the kitchens, and the custodians, and um, but it 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 really is um, showing itself with our transportation department. We don't have uh, adequate substitution or, or substitutes at any of those areas. So, you know we have some bus runs that. We're, we're, we're covering as best we can, but we're just short. So if you can drive a bus, Jordan, we'd, we'd take you. <laughs>
1: I don't know if you want me behind a bus. Around the wheel of a bus <laughs> I was just I
2: was going to say something about right. strange, so. I was tempted to Marcia, I was, gave me, she
1: looked at me real big eyes yeah, ready to That, say that something.
2: door Marcia, just opened Marcia we, can, Marcia, we can
7: make sure that he's he, you know Not under the bus <laughs> you know Behind the bus,
2: sure, absolutely So obviously uh, this is That would be a great uh, thing for someone Who's retired from uh, another job That just kind of wa- wants to work uh, Sporadically And uh, I know there are a lot of carrots that you guys put out for your uh, part-time and your service personnel, and all of that. So, uh, where could fi- folks find more information about that?
7: Absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, they can check our our uh, our homepage online. There's there's contact information there. But if anybody is interested, they can call. Just call the office, and we will we will put somebody in touch with them. We are seeking substitute bus drivers uh, and substitutes for all the other uh, positions as well.
2: So I I wanted to touch base with you on this regarding yesterday's incident, because obviously there's so much more communication now whenever there's an incident. And some folks will make comments and they they maybe don't mean anything, but then those get legs and a lot of rumors can can fly. Where are the best places for parents and loved ones of school uh, students uh, to find information in an ongoing situation like that?
7: Well, the most accurate information, Marsha, is coming from the, the information that, that we're able to release. The district releases that information through our communications department. We do a lot of homework to make sure the T's are crossed and I's are dotted and information is accurate. We recognize the fact that sometimes people wish that it was faster. We wish it was faster, but we need to confirm things before we release it. And we just, you know, we want to have it right rather than uh, have it fast.
2: And during yesterday's event, did did you feel as though, because you're the superintendent of schools, but you're also a parent, did you feel as though if you were a parent of one of those students at North or uh, one of the, the smaller schools, Opekin or, or Eagle School, that uh, the police got there in plenty of time? I mean, did you feel like that school was secured? Well,
7: you know, that is, that is a catch-22, Marcia. Number number one, I, I'm privy to the fact that, I I knew when the threat came in, I knew how it was presented, I knew how it was being dealt with and I and I knew when the police arrived. So I can tell you that yes, I'm 100% confident that that they arrived in a timely fashion. They were on top of it early. Like I said, we were not we had people knocking on the door of the of the of the guilty party who confessed to this and did it multiple times in other states uh within 2 hours and you know that is wow. amazing so um from, from the time that the young man presented this information to the principal at the school within two hours we had people knocking on the door of the guilty party and you know i i certainly recognize those two hours seem like can seem like years um to to parents who are waiting who are anxious um but none from where I was, yes, absolutely. They were doing a fantastic job with the information they were provided. Now, you said I'm a parent. If if I were a parent, of course, we're all anxious and nervous about information and and want the information. You know, we're in the age where we're used to having things now, and you know that's why I give credit all of those parents that came yesterday when they were addressed by law enforcement and school officials, telling them, "Hey, we're we're fine. Just just wait." Everybody was so well-behaved. It was it was terrific, um, terrific cooperation by everybody there.
1: And speaking of Berkeley County Superintendent of the Schools, Ron Stevens, uh, unfortunately we have to be getting off the air here in a minute, so we'll let you go. But thanks again for joining us here on Panhandle Live, and keep up the good work there with the uh, Berkeley County Schools.
7: Oh, thank you, Jordan Marsh. I appreciate the call and the, the opportunity to talk to you guys anytime.
1: Absolutely. Thank thanks you. again, man. Have a good day. You too. And that's Berkeley County Superintendent of Schools Ron Ron Stevens giving us a little update on the uh, situation that happened over at North Middle School, and then of course we'll run down on everything happening around the county.
2: So you know this was a Snapchat incident, and and um, you know I know that it's tempting when you're a young person to collect mm-hmm. you know follows or collect likes or collect friends or whatever, but these two kids didn't know each other, but somehow this other child. From Michigan was able to interact.
1: Yeah, and it's it was apparently not the first time right. this kid has done that.
2: But you know what? They, he messed with the wrong jurisdiction That's because right. we got the the task force and the FBI, and and boom.
1: That's right. Well, before we get off the air here, Marsha, anything else news-wise or in general you want to talk about?
2: Well, obviously, you can go to panhandlenewsnetwork.com to get some of those updates of some of the stories we're talking about, and also the the Paw Paw Tunnel is open again. That's right. After some rock scaling, uh, and now the where where they had the detour, apparently that's closed because they fixed that up now. <laughs> but um, so that's that's a thing. Also, uh, Dave Wilson will be on uh, hosting for Talkline. After our show, and uh, obviously talking about the WVU stuff, the Department of Languages, uh, they are going to be presenting a couple of other languages, even though they won't be majors. Uh, and then uh, they'll be talking about um, a student internet connection in the state as well. So that's Absolutely. kind of a big deal.
1: You can find all that and more over on our website, panhandlenewsnetwork.com. Yeah, you've been busy over there, Marsha, typing up stories. It's
2: been it's been a day. Well, you know, obviously, too, people can see those stories, but you can also see uh, updates on local sports and season previews and all that. And you're going to be very busy tomorrow.
1: That's right. Over on ninety-five nine, the Big Dog, and live at Captain Bender's Tavern in historic downtown Sharpsburg, Maryland. It is week one of the Ernie McCook Show, an hour of Shepherd football talk, seven thirty to eight thirty. Um, and you can get a little uh, little preview taste or a little yeah, uh, taste pre- is appropriate. Yeah. A pre-show taste of football, if you want, Mm -hmm. right here on WPM and WCST with uh, Game 1 of our Panhandle Games of the Week. It's Jefferson and Sharando. It'll be Parker Stone and Luke on the call. So you can tune into that at 6, and then uh, maybe halftime or something, pop on over and listen to the Irma Cook Show, go back and forth. And, um, yeah, it's a big day.
2: It is very big, yeah. You coming out? I don't know. I gotta. I gotta Mm. see what my schedule looks like. But you know, I've I've sat in there. I've done the. I've sat in benders and listened to your show, and it's really fun. Well, thanks.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it should be a fun one. Should be fun one, especially. uh, We'll have plenty of Tyson Bajent to talk about. What do you think about that?
2: I think that's really cool. I mean, hometown. You guys played that uh, that piece from one of the national networks, and they're like Shepherd. What Shepherd? Who like. come on guys pretty cool by now you should know
1: pretty cool i think uh i think everybody around the martinsburg area or familiar with it or anywhere is uh is happy and it's nice to see nice to see that going on tyson absolutely he absolutely earned it but that does it for us uh for martian jordan this has been pain handle live have a good one talk to you tomorrow wepm
0: martinsburg and wcst berkeley springs a wvrc media station we're proud to live here too